I'm Sherm Chester, and today on the Seco Sports Forum, I'm joined by Sam Bruno and Coach Jim Tufts. Well, gentlemen, uh, we've got the winter sports season coming to a close. Um, before we get into the schoolboy thing, I want to start off with the Olympics. Um, it it, it kind of, it's been there for a couple of weeks, been overshadowed a bit by the Super Bowl. Have you guys been watching any of the Olympics? And, and if so, what, 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 what have you been doing? What have you been watching? We'll start off with this. Jim, how about you? Coach Tufts. 24-7. TV's on almost all the time. We're watching it. We get up in the morning. We're watching what happened. We uh, watch it mid-afternoon, you know, knowing what has happened. And then, you know, again in the evening, uh, sometimes with a clicker if the Celts and the Bruins are on. Uh, and then I get up one night and watched a little, I unfortunately get up and watch the uh, end of the men's hockey game at about 1.15 in the morning and had to get up and said, yeah, I bet they're still finishing and saw the tragic end of that. So mm. it's uh, it's just great to watch uh, people compete and, and the storylines. And, um, you know, you, you feel badly for Michaela Schifrin and mm. uh, Russian figure skater. And, you know, there there's some tragedies, but there's also some, it's just wonderful watching them compete. What about you, Sam? You've been checking it out? I think I'm just trying to figure out the terminology. Okay. <laughs> I, I can't, I don't, I, I turn it on and I see that it's women's half pipe tea steamboat, something or other going on. Um, I, I don't know all the new events. Mm. I can't figure it out hockey, figure skating, uh, bobsled. Yeah, got to get the curl, got to get the curling. Got to know when the rock is on the you got to know when the rock's on the button and which end it is. Mm-hmm. And who's got the hammer? Mm-hmm. You got to know that stuff, Sam. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm probably in the dark ages on all this. And I, I'm, I, I, I'm just trying to figure out, you know, seeing these skiers flying through the air and doing eight somersaults and stuff like that is just They're crazy. Is that, you know, how do you do, how do you train to do something like that? You've got to land be in the water. Crazy. <laughs> is that it yeah they land in the water you yeah know, they come off of jumps and land in the water and wow. you know you can try all the twists and jumps you want it's pretty safe there i was gonna say that the the event that got me was i had never heard of before but hey it was fun to watch it was right after the super bowl the nbc cut away to the monobob race and the uh, lady who had been formerly the canadian champion she came over to the u.s got her citizenship she became the gold medal champion for USA, and then we got silver. Yeah, gold, gold, silver. Yeah, ah, that was interesting. Monobob. Monobob. I'd never heard of that before. <laughs> <laughs> You're only going 80 miles an hour. I guess. I guess I'm old school though. In one in one regard, I, I, I was talking to our producer Bob uh, before the show, and I, you, well, all three of us go back to the thrilling days when ABC had the lock on the Olympic boat. Yeah. The thrill of victory. Right. And the agony of defeat. And Jim McKay was the lead guy. He was the 24 uh, seven anchor of whatever was going on. And of course, technology wasn't there. So they couldn't have multiple networks like NBC has Peacock and they have NBC, this and that. And so you can have the events spread out all over the place. Uh, we well, let's see. We had uh, in those days, Chris Shankle, uh, Keith Jackson, those are some of the guys that were the lead announcers, and they had to paint the picture. Dick Button, Dick going on Dick skating. Button. Dick Button, you're right. right. Uh, and and the thing was, they had to paint the pictures 
verbally because the technology, you know, obviously they had the replays, but they didn't have all this, you know, folder all they have satellite this and that. It was it was pretty archaic. They were using film back in those good old days, and uh, and then of course you had guys like Howard Cosell giving his two cents on what was happening. Now it's all pre-packaged. Uh, you got uh, a lot of features about the athletes themselves or the teams, and some of that's fun. But I mean, some of it's, <laughs> it's like, can we just get to the event, please? <laughs> it's like anything. I don't care if it's some American Idol or or uh, The Voice or any of these competitive shows, even Survivor and things like that. They've all got a we package. <laughs> we were talking about the agony of defeat the other day because that poor uh, ski jumper came down on the snow and slid off the side. Well, you know, now the ski jumpers are in tracks. Mm. Those tracks don't even have snow in them. Right. right. They're, yeah, they're little wheels. They're little yep. wheels they're coming down on, on tracks and launching themselves and they can't slide off because the skis are locked in. Yeah. This technology doesn't, you know, it's just not the same. Yeah, I know. One of the drawback, one of the drawbacks that we have with the 13 hour time difference between Beijing and the United States <clears throat> is that uh, a lot of the competitors to NBC are giving out the results and they, they highlight the results Using. so that you know, so that you know the results going into the primetime show at eight o'clock. You know who's already won. Remember that word we used last show? Embargo? They used to embargo everything. ABC <laughs> would not allow anybody to touch any of their coverage because it was just taboo. You know, that was their right. exclusive rights, similar to the whoever's got the Super Bowl, being able to say Super Bowl this and that and the other thing, and the other guys have to say the big game, you know? So you're right. I mean, that does take a little of the attention away from it. And again, where they spread things out over the different networks, and like Jim was saying, getting up at one in the morning to watch an event, uh, whether it was the skiing or the skating or whatever, uh, a hockey game, it, it kind of, it's different. I mean, it's, it's not packaged like it used to be I guess for the better and the, and getting to the athletes uh, and you've seen it, Jim, the technology for them to train, it's a whole different ball game now. I mean, you just, we were, we were watching curling this just a little while ago and they were talking about, you know, see, you know, some of us, our vision of it is a bunch of guys up in Minnesota in the house, throwing the stone down, having a couple of cold ones. And they were talking about the, one of the women that was, she would go to train and then after she trained, she'd go to the gym. And after that, she'd go and do plyometrics. And you're sort of going, <laughs> you know, they, they do so much to be ready to excel at the international level. Yeah. The only thing, the only setback or the only thing I, I kind of get disappointed by now, and, and it's not just recent, it's been going on for quite a while, it's been building, is the endorsement factor going into all the sports now. I mean, they've all got their equipment and they've got their logos all over them. And I understand somebody has to pay the bills, but it just kind of eh, takes something out of it a little bit for me. I mean, it's everybody's an independent contractor. And, and then I want to see these kids be just there for the thrill of getting a gold, silver or bronze medal. You know, don't have to worry about getting a, an endorsement package from whatever the sponsor is you know, or an attaboy from them. I don't know. What do you think about that? Well, I think I think certainly, uh, you know, the. 
NBC having to have to pay the bills, the commercials are so prevalent right now and that they, they've got to make sure that they get all their sponsors in and those types of things. So I have no problem with that. I mean, these people have to pay their way and they have to get their, their training is very expensive and they have to go through all of this. Uh, one of the things that I'm missing a lot in the Olympics right now is the controversy with the judges. There used to be a lot of good banter about, right. you know, the, the Russian judge and the Chinese judge and all of that. And it just seems like the analytics now are just so technical with the numbers and how they score and the right. computerized situations. It's taken away a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. That used to be the drama of the skating in particular. Yeah. Yeah. The judging. They don't hold up the cards anymore. Well, that's true. That's what we need. That's what we need. Yeah. That's what we need. Yeah. So now you want to go back to the, uh, what was it, the 72 Olympics, where they replayed that last uh, basketball play six times yeah. until uh, yeah. the Russians finally won, Sam? Was that that's it? Right. Yeah. That right. That, that was, that's a highlight? Mm. That's it. I hope I hope there's a standout moment. There's been a few uh, highlights, obviously, but you know, we go back to the Olympics with the the miracle on ice with the hockey team and uh, uh you know things like that that'll be you know in, in people's memories forever. And and I, I hope we get more of those as we go along. I mean, right now, I, I don't know. Did you, you guys see anything like that in this current Olympics so far? I think Chen's uh, figure skating performance was probably going to stand out as one one of the best. He, his his long skate to win the gold medal was right. was an all time great figure skating competition. So I think that one's going to stand out a little bit uh, right now. You know, there was a there was an interesting article in the Boston Globe today uh, with the Summer Olympics coming up. In 2024, in two years, they're going to be in Paris. But 10 years ago, Boston put in a bid for the 2024 Olympics. And they were they were considered one of the favorites to have the Olympics in Boston in 2024. Um, and uh, it would have been quite interesting to see what they would have done for the venues around the Boston area to see what they could have done. I would, I would think that they would have to have the opening ceremonies at Gillette. That would be the, the biggest venue there. I don't think they would spend the money to build an Olympic stadium somewhere in greater Boston. You know, I could see the, you know, they'd have the hockey on the duck pond in the common. Okay. That would be, that would be a good spot. Okay. Certainly they'd have the skating at the garden and those types of things. But uh, I mean, where would you go? Where would you, you know, you'd, you'd have to go, up to uh, New Hampshire, maybe for the for the skiing competitions, you know, for those things. I mean, you don't have to drive three hours to get there. I mean, it would it would have been a tough venue to do. Yeah, and and if and a spoiler alert, if anybody watches Billions on Showtime, that's part of the the gimmick for this season, not getting the Olympics for Boston, but getting the Olympics for New York City. So uh, I, I saw that Shaughnessy mentioned it's probably the best thing that didn't happen to Boston in his Globe article today. <laughs> you know, it, it, the thing about it is, whether it's a New York City or a Boston, you'd love to see it happen, but everything had would have to be spread out. It, it's it's it, The city isn't meant for it. I mean, it just... It's got all that history, but you know you just don't have the park. It is now anyway. If you look at where the skiing venues, with the cross country skiing and the downhill skiing, they're they're hours outside of Beijing. Right. And and that's the way it is. I can remember '84 um, Olympics, which was in Los Angeles. Uh huh. Um, Jet Willie, 
was a soccer coach at Exeter High School ahead of me. And uh, his family and my family went to Harvard Stadium and watched uh, France play in a preliminary Olympic game. So it was all over the country, uh, even though it was centered in Los Angeles. I want to shift gears to, uh, and we got the expert when it comes to hockey with us today, Coach Tufts. Um, let's start off with the, the schoolboy side of things. Uh, uh, now, you've, you're coaching currently, too, right? Yeah, I'm an assistant coach over at Phillips Exeter Girls Team. It's been great. And how, how's that going? It's great. Awesome group. Sally Kamarek's the head coach, and she just does a wonderful job and great group of girls. And every game is, we, we lost a one nothing game. Goal scored in the last minute at St. Paul's yesterday. Just a great game. Uh, as good a high school hockey game as I've seen in quite a while. It was awesome. So every game's 2-1, 3-2, 1-0, uh, and uh, everybody competes hard, and it's great stuff. There you go. Having a ball. Well, the NHIA uh, boys and girls tourneys, uh, not quite there yet, but you know, the seasons are winding down. Uh, give us your thumbnail of what you've seen. I know you said you attended a few games and uh, give us a thumbnail of what, what you see happening here. Actually, I've caught quite a few games. Maddie and I, uh, my son and I have caught quite a few games and Concord's the favorite. Concord on the boys' side. Uh, Concord's the favorite. Um, they Concord's going to be the one. They're defending champions, senior-laden team. Uh, they're supposed to win and they're the heavy favorite. Uh, and then uh, two, three, three, two is Exeter and Bedford. Uh, and, you know, Exeter has three losses, uh, overtime to Concord, four to two to Concord, and uh, six, five with Bedford. And Bedford's the same thing. They've only lost to Concord. And actually they've got a loss to BG, but, um, you know, Concord will finish in the top spot and be the favorite. And Bedford and Exeter will finish two, three and, then there's a field with Londonderry, Hanover, Salem. Um, yeah, they can play. Um, they're all, you know, very competitive games. And uh, so it's, you know, high school hockey is, is well. It's very competitive. But Exeter's in the mix. Exeter and Bedford uh, should end up playing each other to see who gets to play Concord at the end. And so that'll be that'll be uh, your prediction at this point. That's my prediction. Either Exeter or Bedford will play Concord. No, I guess I guess I just wanted to ask Jim. Um, you know, uh, when you're watching these games and watching uh, uh, Paul D. Marino on the bench, uh, are you getting any twinges that you want to be back there? <laughs> He's doing a great job. Uh, you know, it's it's been great for me to be an assistant over at, at Phillips Exeter, and and it you know I get to be with kids every day and work with kids and. Uh, be, you know, a little bit of sagely wisdom for Sally, who played at Dartmouth and is doing a great job. And and that's been fun. And sure, I enjoy uh, I enjoy watching them play. And actually, I watched the uh, Concord Exeter up at Concord Saturday night. I sat with uh, Paul DiMario's mom and dad, watched the game together. And she she was as critical as I was. <laughs> mom. Mom doesn't pull any punches. Is there a coach Tufts offensive or defensive philosophy that is continuing into the De Marino era? Uh, I watched practice the other day and it looked pretty similar. Yeah, it, uh, there was there were a few drills, a uh, few drills that were because they were skating at the academy when I finished, and so I watched for a while. And a uh, few drills we've seen that you know had that same stamp, and 
few new wrinkles. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, not dissimilar. And, you know, that was one of the things that everybody says, you know, I was retirement and I continue to say I miss it. But one of the things that is easier for me is wonderful coaches like Paul DiMarino and Danny Curran who've taken over the two programs. And, um, you know, they're just they're great great young coaches. Sherman and I work with them, you know, from the, from the PA booth and from the scoring booth and stuff like that. And uh, you can, you just watch them on the sidelines and, and in the box and you watch them work with the, the kids and uh, they're doing a great job. Uh, unbelievable. Uh, one, of, one of the things I said when it came time was, you know, I had, a, I had a wonderful time for 42 years and it was somebody else's turn. And those two, Danny has done a great job with the soccer program and, Paul's doing a great job with the hockey program and, you know, they deserve the chance and I'm happy for them. Do I miss it? Absolutely. How about uh, officiating ice hockey? Are you doing any of that? No. So, so, you know, I officiate soccer in the fall now and lacrosse in the spring and you know, they fire that lacrosse ball around. And when it gets coming, you can step out of bounds and get out of the way. You mm-hmm. can't do that in an ice hockey rink. When, when, Six foot, two hundred pound kids come around the net, and there's nowhere to go. <laughs> you can't get off the ice, and they fire that. They fire that. Puck. I was going to say one of the things I noticed during the basketball playoffs that are going on. You know, there, there's a there's a shortage of officials in the NHIAA right now. They're they're actively trying to recruit younger people to get in the mix. And you know, uh, there was an official in the basketball game uh, the other night that I went to high school with. So you know that this person is in their mature years and, uh, you know, running up and down the court and dodging some of the plays inside and stuff like that. I'm saying, I know I couldn't do it. <laughs> and I uh, was very, 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 very glad to see that he was still able to do those types of things. So I was just wondering if you were on things. Now, Jim, you did, you did relinquish your skating dance. Uh, skating stars program at strawberry bank the other day i saw a picture of that. i did i i handed out the, i handed the trophy over i'm no longer the reigning champion <laughs> I, i'm 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 a husband uh, that was you know what that was a wonderful experience because you know you have, you have your friends in the soccer world and your friends in the hockey world and your friends in coaching and teaching and all those different things and so you know now i've got this great group of friends, Doug Webster, um, Elon Schran, and in the ice skating yeah. world. And, you know, they're wonderful people. And, and uh, you know, there's, there's a whole cult of, of figure skaters. And, hey, I'm in, in it now. now. Right. I'm in it. I'm a champion. I'm a past champion. Right? And I skated, I skated with a national champion. My partner won the national uh, singles women's title two two years, and and she carried me to the title at Strawberry Bank. Actually, <laughs> you know what? It took guts for you to do it, and you put yourself out there, and 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 you took the gold. That's all that mattered, man. Yeah, it was fun. I do. I have a beautiful glass uh, inscripted trophy. My wife is put in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get off the schoolboy thing, I want to ask you, and you brought up college. Tell us about your feelings towards the UNH hockey program and, and how things have gone with the guys this year. Well, they've had a good year. Uh, you know, they had a uh, you know good win over UMass, 
they beat UMass Lowell a weekend or two ago. Um, and UMass Lowell sitting at the top of Hockey East. So, um, you know, they've, they've got two tremendous goalies. Mike Robinson came back for his fifth year and, you know, has been one of the top goalies in Hockey East. And then uh, they got a transfer in um, Fessenden from out West and he's been tremendous. So they, you know, again, goaltending is the name of the game in ice hockey. And those two guys give them a chance every night. And uh, um, they're in the hunt, you know, coach Sousa's done a nice job and, you know, they're a player or two away from, you know, really it, it, hockey East is such a great conference. You know, if you're, you know, they're in, I think I looked at it today, eighth place in hockey East and the number six team is Northeastern and you know, their goal is playing in the Olympics. Uh, you, know, uh, you just got some, the conference is such a great conference and there's such talented players. I watched the uh, Beanpot Monday night. I'm just going to ask you. BU Northeastern, again, one of the best college hockey games I've seen in a long time. One nothing in the last minute. Um, both goalies stood tall. Um, you know, here they are. Both goalies played absolutely great. And they're essentially the backups because the starting goalies are both at the Olympics for both BU and Northeastern. And boy, I tell you, they come back. <laughs> Going to have a hard time getting the job back because the two kids that played were outstanding. So great hockey game. And, and here's another one for you. We'll throw, the blue, we'll throw the Blue Hawks another bone here. So I watched the first round last weekend, the uh, Harvard, BU, and BC Northeastern, officiated by Jeremy Tufts, my nephew, class, class of uh, 2006 from Exeter High School. He did the, uh, he did the uh, Beanpot game. Excellent. He, he, did the, uh, he did the Division I semifinal last year. Uh, Minnesota State and uh, UMass Lowell. So, uh, wow. You know, the Hawks, make it, Hawks are making it in baseball and football, and in this case, officiating. There you go. There you go. Keeping the tradition alive. You talked, Jim, about uh, goaltending. Uh, what do you make of the situation with the uh, Bruins and Rask and Swayman and all that type of situation? I think the Bruins really mishandled it. <laughs> they yeah. Do. yeah. I, I, I have always been. You know, people sit on two sides with Tuka Rask, and I'm on the side of, I think he's going to go down as one of the all-time great. He's the best goalie other than titles. He's the best statistical goalie the Bruins have ever had. And, you know, he was a gamer, and I, and I really liked him. And I felt all along there was a shot he was coming back. And the long-term contract to, to um, Umark was kind of a, I didn't really understand it. They've made a four-year commitment to him. And I don't think three years from now, he'll be the starting goalie for the Bruins. I think Swayman's the real deal. And I, I thought when they brought Tuca back, they brought him back too early. He, he should have gone to the minors. I mean, you bring a baseball. Chris Sale, they brought him back. They sent him to Portland. They sent him to Worcester. They sent him out to Florida. They sent him all kinds of places. Tuca, they just said, oh, you're all ready. Right. Why don't you just play? Why don't you just play in the NHL against the Flyers? Right. You don't do that. You know, you, you just don't, uh, you don't do that. And uh, he wasn't ready. And I think sending Swayman down was, was not fair to him. And I think that's proven out. He's, he's so Swayman against Ottawa and the Rangers the other night has faced 
63 shots and given up one goal. Yeah. The guy's a real deal. Yeah. And uh, I, I just don't think it was, I don't think they handled it well. I think Swayman's going to be very, very good. And Tuka wasn't ready and they shouldn't have brought him back. Well, what I was going to ask you guys, before we get to the two minute drill, uh, discuss what you saw in the Super Bowl. Um, Jim Tufts, why don't you kick us off? Sure. I thought it was great, uh, great entertainment. I mean, that's, you know, we're, for those of us that didn't have a uh, horse in the race this year, particularly with either Tom Brady or the Patriots not playing, um, it was great, great football. You know, you got the, uh, you know, all the stars at Los Angeles and, and you know, all the big names and the heavy favorites. And you had the upstart Cincinnati Bengals who just believed in themselves and uh, looked like they were going to steal it. And, and, and the uh, stars won it. So uh, it was, it was great entertainment and, you know, a uh, little adversity for the Rams losing uh, Odell Beckham and, and not having a running game and had to figure it out and they figure it out. So, um, you know, it was a great sporting event and great entertainment and came down the last minute. And so it was good stuff. I think Jim for the, for the Rams, uh, I think they should have won by more. I think their offensive performance in the second half was awful. They did have that great drive at the end, but Stafford had guys open. I, I know Beckham was out, but he still had guys open that whole second half. The Rams defense won it for them. I mean, they shut down the Bengals in the second half. That touchdown right out of halftime was a gift with the penalty, with the face mask penalty uh, on uh, Jalen Smith. Uh, I, I think the Rams should have won by a lot more not because I picked them to win by two touchdowns, but because <laughs> I think that, I think that uh, Stafford had a rough second half. Uh, I'm glad Cooper cup was named the MVP. The guy's unstoppable. I mean, he reminds me, he reminds me of, uh, uh, you know, of Brady throwing to Wes Welker and throwing to Julian Edelman in some of those games, just, just no one can cover them. And, and they make the big catches and they put themselves in position and he's just a great receiver. I've become a big Cooper cup fan. I was just going to say uh, my two cents on the yep. Super Bowl. Uh, I, I wish the offensive line for uh, Joe Burrow had been a little, little uh, less of a swinging door in the third quarter, especially when things that whether one player Prince, everybody was just walking right through him and putting uh, Joe Burrow on his backside so that was kind of disappointing because they had the momentum going there for a short time in the second half. And then, you know, things just happened, but it, it, having no dog in the fight, so to speak, even though I was rooting for Cincinnati, um, I see a team there that could build and be something in the future. Uh, Los Angeles, they kind of put all their chips on the table to win the Super Bowl this year. They don't get any draft picks until 2024. And I was happy for Matt Stafford. You know, he's been, in the gulag up in Detroit for so many years. Now he's got a team that he can do something with. And, uh, and I, and from what I heard, he's just a decent guy. He's just a family guy. And, and the, the glitz and glamor doesn't really get into it. You know, he, I guess, you know, Cooper cup was the, the MVP. So he's the guy that got to go to the soup uh, to uh, Disney world, <laughs> but uh, it's too bad because Stafford has like five kids, little kids. And it would be nice to see somebody like that go, uh, go instead. So I'm going to ask you guys, what was your favorite commercial during the Super Bowl? And was any commercial one that you went, what is this all about? Jim, kick us off. Well, I, I had to lean over to my wife and ask. So there was the uh, Tacoma Tundra uh, commercial. And I, Tommy Lee Jones, I knew. And Jonas 
uh, one of the Jonas brothers I knew, and I had to ask Leslie who the names of the other two women were. I said, it's got to be Jones, but I don't know who Jones. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, that, that one sort of was. So yeah. you're not a Rashida or Leslie Jones fan, or you? <laughs> I'm not. I'm aging myself, but didn't have. I said I know they're Jones, but I don't know what they do. <laughs> Tommy Lee, the star, and Joe Jonas. <laughs> what about you, Sam? Anything that you liked or disliked? The favorite commercial was was no doubt the Barbie Dreamhouse, the Rocket the Rocket Mortgage with uh, Anna Kendrick. And showing that Barbie was able to buy her home using Rocket Mortgage and Rocket find her home in that kind of situation, and that the evil other people swooping in to buy the home couldn't do it. I thought I thought it was very good. And the stupidest commercial was the QR code bouncing around yeah. for thirty seconds, yeah. and, it, and it was yeah. not that, that was it. <laughs> yeah. We were yeah. trying to decide if the television was out of water. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that was that was that was actually you hit it on the head, Sam. The number one was the Barbie commercial with Anna Kendrick uh, and Skipper the Flipper. That was that was a good little uh, jab there with the Barbies. And uh, the the least watcher, the least popular was that QR code, and I don't even know what the ad was for. Oh, no. It was some uh, Bitcoin. You know, should we? scan this thing and see what it's for and i said nah, i'm not wasting my time <laughs> those of us who had no idea what was going on so before you lose the super bowl you want to hear it first here on uh seacoast sports forum so brady brady won on his home turf in tampa and matt stafford has won on his home turf in la so is kyler murray going to win next year because the super bowl is in arizona is, are they the favorites? My prediction is Kyler Murray is not going to be with Arizona next year. I think that's all. I think that's all about money. It is. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think there's going to be a blow up there, and he's not going to be. He's going to. He's going to go somewhere else. Um, and 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 Brady's going to go to Arizona and win again. <laughs> not going to be Aaron Rodgers. I thought Brady was going to San Francisco and Garoppolo went to Tampa. Come on now. There's all this controversy of where Brady isn't retired. He's coming back and all that. So I will tell on that. But uh, my favorite ad was not the the Barbie uh, ad. Uh, I'm a sentimentalist. I always go for those Budweiser, Clydesdale, doggy ones. That one this year was kind of weak. That wasn't one of my favorites. Um, I had three that really kind of hit me. Uh, the one, the Toyota one, the, the uh, Paralympic one uh, was was a well done ad and you know to me it's what what do you what do you do you understand what they're pitching is it, it does it mean something like the bitcoin ones it was funny but it really didn't sink in was the larry david one yeah it was funny uh, it was funny it was, it was comical and, and if you know larry david you can appreciate <laughs> his humor but i could see people scratching their head going like who is he and what's that all about if you don't know larry david and, uh, you know, so there was, there's for $10 million for 30 seconds. I mean, boy, <laughs> some of those ads, I just, I don't know. I don't think they got their money's worth two minute drill time. Coach Jim Tufts, you're our guest. So we're going to let you go on that two minute drill this time. Well, I'm going to, uh, I was thinking about this today. I, I'm going to keep more praise on Bill Ball and Sharon Orchard and the unified, uh, basketball team. I, you know, unified sports. Uh, is one of the best things the NHIA has done. Uh, um, it's interesting, Maddie popped in the picture. Uh, and I'll go back to, I think it was 2011. And uh, Matt and I and Quinn Connor, 
who played uh, soccer and basketball at Exeter High School uh, and had been a unified sports athlete in our Special Olympics program for, well, since he was a sixth grader, sixth grade to his senior year. And we, uh, we had a chance to talk to the athletic directors um, about what unified sports was because it had been part of Special Olympics for quite a while. And um, that next year, unified sports came into the NHIA umbrella. And it's one of the best things that, uh, best things that happens every year at all the different high schools, Alvern High School, uh, Gawkard High School, Exeter High School, Keene, Berlin, um, the, the camaraderie of uh, the kids playing on the court together, the soccer field together, uh, carries over to the cafeteria and the hallways, the chorus rooms and all walks of life. And uh, unified sports has been one of the best things that uh, NHI has done. And Exeter High School has been one of the most successful uh, under the leadership of Bill and Sharon Orchard, who's coached soccer and basketball, and Catherine Nichols took over in basketball this year, and uh, I mean, uh, in soccer this year. And, uh, you know, the Exeter High Unified Sports Program uh, is gold medal uh, program. And uh, wish them luck again this year. They, they've had great success and hope they get another title, but they've already won. Sam, two minute drill time. Well, people who have followed the Seacoast Sports Forum know that I have been agonizing over the last few months about football, NFL overtime rules. Uh, what are we going to do about the NFL overtime rules? At the end of at the end of the Super Bowl, you know, I'm saying to myself, "Oh, Cincinnati, don't kick a field goal and tie it up at 23, so that we have to go into overtime and get into an overtime controversy." I'm I know they're going to do something about overtime over the break here between the next NFL season. And this is what I want to see happen. I've got it now. I've figured it out. And this is what's going to happen. What should happen in NFL overtime now is each team, you flip a coin at the beginning of overtime. The team that wins gets the choice of going on offense or defense. Each team is going to get the ball once. So, for example, if the first team scores a field goal, the team is going to get the ball, and if they score a touchdown, they win. Or if the first team scores a touchdown and the other team scores a touchdown, then we go to a second overtime. Second overtime, you do the exact same thing, except you have to go for two points on the two-point conversion from now on. And then you just keep doing that until a winner is determined. You play innings. I'm sorry, it's worked in baseball for years. It has to work in football you just play innings, but you do have to go for two points on the second overtime on. So please, NFL, do something about that. Figure out this overtime situation so that it will be fair. My two-minute drill. Uh, last time we were together on our Super Bowl show, we were talking about uh, Tom Brady, his retirement, and that show he was doing on the or is doing on ESPN called Man in the Arena. Got another TB12 I want to talk about a show that he's done. TB12 from Pittsburgh, Terry Bradshaw. He's got something on HBO Max right now. It's called Going Deep. He's a complicated man, and he admits it. Uh, suffered from depression. He hated his relationship with the Steelers coach, Chuck Knoll, and, uh, and especially being classified as stupid 
coming out of college when he took over the reins of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, and to this day, uh, he feels he's never gotten the respect he deserved being put in the same genre of uh, Roger Staubach, uh, Joe Montana, or Tom Brady, the other TB12 in his mind's eye. It's an interesting show. He, he is a, a, I don't want to call it a variety show. He does a stage show where he goes out and sings. But if you want a, an interesting uh, view of, a, of, of somebody that you see usually on Fox, laughing it up with the other coaches, uh, the other, you know, guys on the, on the dais, give it a watch. It's Terry Bradshaw going deep. It's on HBO max. All right. That's it. That's my two minute drill. Um, Here's thank- one for you, sir. Here's one for you. Here's a, here's a trivia. You'll answer a trivia. All right. So going back to my skating with the stars adventure, one of the judges was Jojo Starbucks. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Formerly married. And she is mentioned. Yeah. She's mentioned in that special. Yeah, it's it's really it's not a it's not a it, there's fun parts of it when he's singing and having some jokes on stage, but he they they intersplice just interviews with him, uh, sitting down and talking about his life and 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 some of the serious things that went on, including his marriage to JoJo Starbuck. Uh, so if anybody's got it's an hour, it's it's worth the watch. I I I don't know if I'll watch all 18 episodes of Man in the Arena with Tom Brady, but I definitely. Uh, spent the hour, hour and 15 minutes with Terry Bradshaw going deep. Sam, you always do a great job. And our special guest today, Coach Jim Tufts, you're always welcome back, sir. And, and uh, you know, you and the family stay healthy. And uh, we'll be looking forward as we get into the hockey championships, probably touching base with you again real soon. Be sure to subscribe and hit the bell to get notified about new episodes of the Seco Sports Forum. Follow the Sports Forum team behind the scenes on our Facebook and Twitter pages. This is Sherm Chester inviting you to join us for the next edition of the Seco Sports Forum.